Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to History Dweebs. Uh, my name is Tim. Thank you for joining us today. And um, the topic of our podcast, we have an unsolved mystery today. It's the murder of William Desmond Taylor. Taylor was an actor and uh, director in Hollywood um, back in uh, the early days of Hollywood. And uh, he was murdered, and the case remains unsolved. He was murdered in 1922. So it's almost been almost 100 years, um, and the case is still unsolved. We're going to talk about um, William Desmond Taylor and his uh, murder and some of the suspects. But before we do, let me introduce our panel. I am joined by always, as always, by the very lovely and talented, the Queen of Mean, the Mistress of the Macabre, the Empress of Evil, Pill popping, peanuts loving, Brandy. How are you today, Brandy? I'm I'm good, Timmy. I'm getting ready to go on break. So how are you? Uh, I'm fine. We mean break. Well, oh. we're getting ready to be off for Thanksgiving for a couple of days. So that is true. So we Black will... Friday's coming. I mean, this is when a is huge Thanksgiving? deal. Thanksgiving next is next Thursday. week. Next Thursday. Thanksgiving is next Thursday. Mm-hmm. Hi, welcome. Yeah. Holy Christ! Uh, you haven't been introduced yet, but oh. Brandy, uh, this is your segment. Um, so, um, we're going to, we're hoping to at least get one more podcast out after this before Thanksgiving, but yeah, maybe, so maybe two, maybe if two, we're, if we're lucky. Cool. Um, so, uh, you have any plans for the weekend, Brandy? For this weekend, it's just going to be me and Noah. So I'm not sure what we'll get into. We'll just have to kind of, well, you know, clearly he's holding. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to toss his room and see what's going on with that, but. He doesn't have bas- We don't have practice. Is he practice shooting hoops this weekend? No, 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 no. He he enjoyed practice, so I think he'll go back, and we'll we'll have to see. They took the week off because you know it's Thanksgiving. Well, okay. So next week, so they you know they got a little downtime after one practice. So okay, we don't have that, but I'm sure we'll find something to get into. Make you know where's Dave at the aquarium? He has to work. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, let me introduce the uh, other member of our panel. He is a I man guess. of. Um, a great distinction. Uh, the moral compass of, Why? Uh, of the podcast. Why does he get this wonderful introduction and I get pill popping, and penis loving? <laughs> well, you need to. You need You're to not be. introduced yet. The very uh, uh, the moral compass of the program. Uh, the very honorable Colonel Charles Beauregard Hawk Waters the Third, affectionately known as the Southern Gentleman. How are you today, Colonel? I'm I'm okay, Tim. I'm a little disturbed. I gotta say, uh, what what is wrong? Okay, the colonel threw out the question of the day yesterday. Okay, and this is on our Facebook page. Our Facebook page. We have a Facebook page called, His, called History Dweeds, the podcast, in which uh, we all interact with the listeners. All right, and you put a question out for the group? I put the question out for the group, what is the strangest place we'd ever done it, because we sex, that came up mean, in the mean, podcast before that. Yeah. Freaks. We got some some bitches freakers out there. They're freaky-ass and I mean, I, no one, no one did it. Does it in a bed? Apparently, no. Apparently, nobody even got a bed in the house. <laughs> and then I, you know, I put out the well, question. That's not what you asked. You asked the weirdest place. I yeah, but who would have thought? I mean, the girl fouling on the trampoline. Don't she know that that's got to come with a disclaimer that you could get hurt like that? Don't try this at home. I think there'd be a lot going on there. There would be a lot going I mean, on. It, there. it is very risky on the trampoline. I must say. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it on the trampoline unless they were just like laying on the trampoline. It wouldn't be so bad. But I'm assuming she meant they were bouncing. Well, 
you would assume so. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wonder if you if you could do it on a trampoline, like if you was like laying down on your back and then the girl just bounced. And then Man, that's a lot. On top of you. It's a lot. That'd of work. be an evil can evil trick, right yeah, there. It would be because you know if you miss that bone, there's problems all that the way bone, around. Yeah. yeah, you better you better mm-hmm. hope you're hitting out with a floppy if it comes down at the wrong <laughs> angle because please. you're gonna be messed up bad. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was fun. That was a funny question. Um, before we get started into the podcast, let me um, clearly, clearly that was that was funny. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was. I'm sorry, I'm low energy. <laughs> Easy, on. Jeb. Come on. <laughs> I'm Jeb Bush today. We, you can clap now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why you're low energy. You're the only one that got to eat lunch around here today. I'm supposed to eat. Supposed I'm not to... buying you lunch every day. <laughs> well, no, you didn't have to buy me lunch. I was about to walk down to the market there and buy a sandwich. Demi come in here and say, "Oh, we're changing the podcast time because." People have to know, like the old people do the early bird specials. Um, Timmy does the early bird special for lunch. I wake up at 4 o'clock. So, time 11 gets here, it's lunchtime. Yeah, Buy so, a car. It's yeah, too early. I have to come in to open in this damn place. At what? About quarter to 11 every day. Oh. About about 20 to 11, he starts he preparing, starts preparing for lunch. for lunch. I've got to beat the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then he runs down, and gets his blue plate special at Subway. Mm-hmm. Um, then he comes back here and says, "You know what? Because it's a Friday, and Timmy's going to be taking out <laughs> off, at, getting mm-hmm. out of here early." I don't. I'm not getting out here early. I've been here <laughs> seven hours already. <laughs> seven hours. He got here what at midnight we last France, night. Motherfucker. <laughs> He got here at midnight last yeah, I night. Know. I mean, Jesus. I got, I've got. i already put my seven hours in today. Well, and his 52,000 well, By the time we get yeah. this podcast done, it will be <laughs> 7 o'clock. That's why I wanted to start early so we could get done in time. But well. me and the devil, and the devil's only eating yogurt. So oh, don't give me. She's out the door not. before me. Don't let her give me that I don't bullshit. know. Yeah, that's not true. No, I'm not worried about being out the door. I'm just talking about... Uh, he's talking about lunch. I ain't had a damn thing to eat but yeah. two cough drops. Well, I'm sorry about I that. I mean, that's what I have. Do you All want right. a special K-bar? You got special K-bars? Yeah. Oh, I love it. But I got me a protein bar. Down You're not there. eating during the podcast afterwards. No. Well, God forbid. <laughs> God forbid, yeah. No, I'm not like the devil. I got more consideration for Thank our listeners. Thank you. Thank you, Colonel. All right. We want to give a shout out to our uh, the folks who support us on Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash history and anything that you can give would be greatly appreciated, a little or a lot, or Colonel. Oh, just a wee little bit. Just yes. a wee little bit. That's so we want to give us... Just a uh, tip. Just give us the tip. That's all we ask. Just for a minute. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we would like to thank our uh, those who support us on Patreon. Alicia and Chip, Brandy McBride, Lisa... I get it right? I think so. Lisa. Uh, Leslie Hager, Jahara, Andrew Happ, Angelo, thank you, Angelo, Bridget Clavey, Cindy Lou, uh, Charlie from the Insight Podcast, Amber Scoville, uh, of course, Jennifer and her son Hunter and her mom Linda, and uh, Rudy the Wonder Dog. So yeah. thank you all. I have not heard, we have not seen Jahara around lately, have you? No, that, she that may be busy. Me, maybe, well, you know, she's a Dolphins fan, so I think maybe she, she lay is. low she during, be, yeah. during during the football season. <clears throat> that could be. She's but Jahar, out. if you're out there listening, um, check say, in with us. Check we with him. Yes, Tim yes. probably pissed her off. No, yeah. Jahar and I we're buddies. What did you say to it? No, I did not piss her off. We, she and I are buddies. Okay, so um, let's get into the story of. Um, the murder of William Desmond Taylor. And uh, I like to think of Larry. Larry uh, wanted us to do this. Uh, we've had, I, I did the research on this thing, uh, you know, weeks ago. So, and, and I wrote the script weeks ago. So I had to kind of go back this morning and get a refresher on it. But Larry had uh, requested this um, story. So we're going to talk about the murder of uh, William Desmond Taylor. He was born in, uh, he was born William Cunningham Dean Tanner in uh, Carlo, Ireland uh, on April 26, 1872. He's born on April 26, Colonel. 
April 26th. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, you know what? I'm lost on that one, Timmy. Well, he was, his mother was pregnant. Oh, that. she was pregnant. I thought April. She 26th. must've been pregnant through no Thanksgiving, Christmas. Oh, she was yeah. miserable. Easter, St. Patrick's babies. day. Yeah. I've got May babies. You miss, all, you yeah. got, you're stuck all the holidays. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they celebrate Thanksgiving. Well, I don't think they have Indians in Ireland, Timmy. Oh, what that has to do with celebrating Thanksgiving? Whatever they oh had to God. land on. Oak. They could still be thankful. They would land. Thankful land, for their potatoes. They would pl- land on Oak Plymouth Rock. Maybe they have a different thing. They right. Well, we know thing. they celebrate Christmas, New Year's, and St. Patrick's Day well, and Easter. St. Patrick drove the snakes out there. Do they out celebrate St. Patrick's Day? I think so. In Ireland? Uh, in Ireland, it's like a three-day thing. Yeah. Is it? So she well, was, it's a reason to drink in Ireland, those people. So William Desmond Taylor's mother, uh, she was pregnant throughout the holidays, we could say. We could. Um, Taylor grew up in Ireland, but he left home at the age of 18 when he had a falling out with his father. Um, he migrated to the United States, uh, working as an engineer, a gold miner in Alaska, an antique dealer, and finally, as an actor in New York City, he was a Klondiker. He was. He, he was, did a, he, he was a man was. of. He'd done a lot of different things. In 1901, he married a woman by the name of Ethel May Harrison. Never married a woman named Ethel. No, or, or a girl whose middle name May. Well, you know, they look at the kid in, uh, you know, at the hospital when they're born, and they said, eh, she's she's unattractive. We better That's call Ethel. her uh, Ethel." Ethel. Yeah. We yeah. don't have any Ethels in the group, so yeah. we can say that. Yeah. So, um, uh, really? he married Ethel. And, D- tell uh, me the last time you ran across Ethel and thought, oh, that, that woman's hot. Never, but this disturbs me a little bit because they had a daughter in 1903. You know what they named her? Gertrude. Ethel. It's like a junior. Oh, yeah, no. An Ethel Junior. An Ethel Junior? Little Ethel. EJ. She was little Ethel. Well, she was uh, ethanol. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, now he was not able to support his family as an actor, uh, so he worked as <laughs> Imagine an, that. An, <laughs> an antique dealer. Uh, in 1908, so this is seven years after he was married to Ethel, and uh, when his daughter was five years old, um, William Desmond Taylor uh, went to lunch, and he never returned. That's going to happen to you one day. <laughs> it is going to happen to you one day, Timmy. And you know what? It's going to be one of those days when you're picking up a sandwich for me. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it's all about you. No, this dude walked well, out It's this... going to be like, God damn it, when's Wait. Timmy coming back? Oh, well. Yeah. yeah, he's not. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Remember yesterday as he was hauling balls to get out of here and go home, <laughs> Yeah. Timmy photobombed a news, <laughs> a news story. Yeah, there's well, a news I, crew I, interviewing I, I a policeman. <laughs> What's it? They were on the sidewalk. right between them. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. It's a public Clearly. sidewalk. Cut. Yeah. yeah. Well, I didn't get to sit there while they record a news story. Put them on the shit right out of it. Just kept But it, it would have been like, it would have been an extra eight feet to go around the camera. Mm. You just walk straight through them. Head down. Doesn't matter. Because I'm a man on a mission. <laughs> matter to me. Get my steps in. So in 1908, he goes to lunch, never... And it returns. He walks out on his wife and young daughter without saying a word. What a dick. Yeah, it was a dick move. Yeah, they should have had it coming. In 1912, <laughs> I mean, you're, you're in a house with two Ethels. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know. You got two ugly women. I mean, they ain't nothing keeping you there. Right. Oh, goodness. So, uh, 1912. And he was a thespian. He had he, plenty of opportunities with the ladies. You know that. Yeah, he was a ladies' man. That's a for sure. A thespian. A thespian. Yeah, he was a ladies' man. That's that, no. that's for sure. We'll get into that. No unlike the, uh, unlike our listeners, I don't know if we got any thespians. We got a whole nest of lesbians. Jesus. But we love lesbians. A nest. <laughs> we got a whole nest of lesbians. They travel in packs. Don't you know that? Why would I know that? <laughs> But you should know you play softball because you was in one of the packs. Oh Jesus! So they kicked you out. When They're called softball, softball teams. teams. Yeah. So oh. uh, <laughs> he left. Desmond William Desmond Taylor left for Hollywood after he uh, um, walked out on his family. Uh, but he served briefly in the British Army during the First World War. Thank you for your service. <laughs> and, he re- and he returned to Hollywood after the war. 
to make some movies, and he actually uh, became quite successful. His most famous films were based on the works of uh, at, such as Tom Sawyer, Anne of Green Gables, and Huckleberry Finn. So, you know, he, this was like from 1917 to 1920. He was kind of on a roll in Hollywood, making silent movies at the time. How do you do Huckleberry? Huckleberry, is that what you Huckleberry? Huckleberry. How do you do a Huckleberry film? Finn, silent. It wouldn't make no sense whatsoever. William Desmond Taylor had a younger brother named Dennis uh, who followed his brother's footsteps in the antique business. And he also uh, came to Hollywood. I thought you were going to answer me. They no, the I'm ignoring the you. <laughs> yeah. uh, and he, he went to Hollywood to get work with his brother. Now, he followed his brother's lead because he deserted his wife and two daughters in 1912. Did have one of those big bubbles in the corner? <laughs> so they both of the both of these guys dump their wives and families. So well, there's a lot of Ethels. <laughs> yeah. They need to marry better. Uh, so yeah. So after uh, so after uh, his wife uh, William Desmond Taylor's wife tracked him down because he now he's a movie star. Well, right. Right. So she she tracks him down and uh, he pays her fifty dollars a month. Uh, for well, child support. That's lovely. What's well, a lot of money back in that's a lot 1910? He should have been doing that the whole time. Like granted, yeah, sure. Taylor, <laughs> <laughs> Taylor's wife Ethel eventually obtained a div- fifty dollars a, a month, like uh, in nineteen twenty. Yeah, fifty. Yeah. Fifty. He obtained a divorce. She obtained a divorce decree, and then she remarried. So I guess her uh, alimony got cut off at she that point. She turned a page. Yeah. But she told her daughter, uh, Ethel Jr., that her, uh, that her father was a handsome actor, which he was. It was William Desmond Taylor. Uh, uh, and his daughter began, they called his daughter Daisy so they wouldn't confuse her with the mom. Oh, yeah. Uh, Daisy then began corresponding with her father, and she would later visit him out in Hollywood. Uh, amazingly, there was no evidence of hard feelings uh, between uh, William and his wife, Ethel. Uh, and he had a good relationship with his daughter, even though he deserted him. Ethel's a, Ethel's off forgiving types. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know your uh, your capacity to forgive is directly related on to your attractiveness. I think that'd be like six hundred four dollars in today's money. Well, that sucks, really. That's yeah, well, yeah. see, <laughs> wasn't a lot. Wasn't a lot. Okay. So, uh, in 1922, uh, William Desmond Taylor was at the height of his career, not only as an actor, but as a director. He owned a beautiful Hollywood home. He was handsome, famous, and wealthy. And and he was known a bit of a ladies' man. Ladies' man. Because of the wine. Because of the wine. (laughs) They have the wine, too. And Brandy's going to tell us what happens next. So, picture it. Hollywood. February 1st, 1922. Hollywood, California. A day before Groundhog's Day. It is. Yes. Um, So it was an unusually cold night in Los Angeles. I don't know why that's important, but it is. (laughs) Well, it comes into play here. (laughs) Farmer's Almanac. They couldn't decide how long he'd been dead because the temperature was above 45 degrees. It was probably probably in the mid-50s. I'm trying to... There's a reason... I try to paint a picture when I write these We don't know the method behind Timmy's madness. I know. So we just roll with it. We're just along. (laughs) So despite the fact that this was during Prohibition... Uh, Billy Taylor and one of his ladies uh, from silent film, comedian Mabel. Mabel. Well, here's the thing. Do do, uh, the silent actors, do they moan when they have orgasms? (laughs) Do they have to know lines? They just bob their head real quick. (laughs) Do they have to memorize their lines? That's my thing. I guess they do because they have to to lip sync it, right? I don't think so. Oh, really? There was a silent film comedian and her name was Mabel. Ethel and Mabel. Ethel and okay. Mabel. It seems uh, like he made poor life choices. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> Mabel and Norm. Because you know, I don't care what she looks like. You're not going, uh, Mabel's not going to give you a Woody. No. No. Well. Actually, if, if you're there with somebody really hot and she just tells you her middle name is Mabel, it's going to be a bone and kill with Timmy. 
Jesus. I mean, think about it, Mabel. <laughs> okay. Now, what if? Okay, what if you 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 you're Mabel. getting all romantical with a guy here? And he tells me his name's Mabel. And he, well, <laughs> or he tells I don't know what's a guy. Lanny. <laughs> well, she's already got that going. But uh, I don't know what's a guy's name the equivalent of that. Like Eugene. Yeah, like, Eugene. So you know, every time you see Harry, you, you, his name's Harry. Uh, okay. Um, Archibald. Eugene. Archibald and Eugene. I'm Archibald Eugene. So is there Spencer is there a the, name Brandy that you when you hear a man's name and you don't even have to see him? You just is, it, is there a deal breaker name for yeah. you? Eugene. <laughs> it's like, okay, Eugene. She's saying Eugene. Let's 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 your, go with that. Your mouth's saying Eugene. I made it clear. <laughs> All well, right. we got Mabel and Ethel. Yeah. Well, and she's you know, got Lanny and, and any Eugene. of those like like names that are for like that you call somebody when you're a kid. Like, okay, so if if I'm if I'm going on a date on a date with somebody and it's you know I'm Tommy. Well, no, you're not. You're 40 years old. Your name's Tom. Well, he's, he's like 60 and he's Timmy. No, I don't call myself that. You call me that. Well, yeah. I call him Timmy. I know you do. So anyway, so he's he's with this comedian, Mabel Norman, and they're at his house enjoying orange gin blossom or orange no, blossom. He's thinking, oh, this is great. I could be stuck home with Ethel. Still, I've got Mabel there. <laughs> orange blossom Give me some of that tonight. cocktails. <laughs> And they were discussing Nietzsche, Freud, and the movies. Do you, ever, do you and Dave ever sit around and talk, uh, think, and talk about Nietzsche, Freud, and the movies? As a matter of fact, we do. Can I jump in here? <laughs> really? What, what is it about Freud that you discussed? Uh, not, more movies. <laughs> more <laughs> movies than Freud and Nietzsche? And right. Can I just jump Wait in to make a quick correction here? Okay. People often get the name wrong. It's, it's pronounced Nietzsche. Nisha is a pr- correct pronunciation. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, and what was his most famous work? Huh? What was his most famous work there? Oh, his uh, uh, the superhuman thing. The um, the prince was his most famous work. No, that's Machiavelli. Are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think you're wrong. Um, no, it's the prince was Machiavelli, and uh, here's the thing. I don't care because Nishi he's not Yeah, you're right, you're right. Nishi he's was not super, American. The, Nishi was the uber human, you know, the uber person, the most powerful. I was thinking of Machiavelli. Okay. Yeah. Continue, Brandy. But Thanks. it's Nisha. I don't, still don't care. Uh, well, I just don't want you to be Timmy. Yes, well, you know what First I mean? of all. <laughs> but do, do you and Dave sit around and talk about we philosophy? Do. and? We talk, well, and like I said, it's mainly about movies. Sometimes philosophy because I, you know. Wonder what his philosophy is on having the movie Zombievers on my <laughs> Zombievers. Yeah, that's on there. Yeah, <laughs> Zombievers. It's, it's on the Netflix that's a scary queue. movie too. Because if you think about beavers going zombie, but me and Renee, me and the Mrs. Colonel, um, I almost got informal and called her by her first name, um, Mrs. Colonel. Um, we will sometimes sit around and look at each other and, and do the to be or not to be thing. No, you don't. Yeah. So, do you really? Hmm? No. You, you quote, yeah, I just no, we just think about should we run steak knives through our eyes? Or right. Or watch we, Zombievers. Or watch Zombievers. My suggestion would be steak knife in the eye. I like cheerleader zombies. Yeah. That was a good one. Well, that's that's a whole different genre of movie. They had a lot of zombie boobs in that. Genre of movies, yeah. yeah. So, Mabel was playing comic riffs on the Frederick Nietzsche is not a handsome man. No, he was not. Look at that statue. Ah, mm. nice. He was, a, he was a 70s porn man before. His yeah, name. he was. All right, so Mabel's playing comic riffs on the piano. Comic riffs? That's oh, really? What it says. Says. Mabel was talented. Well, you know, if you're if you're Mabel, you got to have yeah. you got to have some. You bring have bring have some, some to the table. I bet Mabel better bring some to the table. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? I wonder if she. Uh, I bet she was good in bed. I bet Mabel and Ethel, because they, they got to probably work good at giving. If you're Mabel, they're they're grateful. They're oh, yeah. grateful, and well, they, they got to They know they gotta you earn got to. You got you got to suck a mean dick if you're Ethel or Mabel. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't get opportunities every day. <laughs> well, Something crawl right off that son of a bitch. Well, you don't. You really don't. You don't bring you don't bring a Mabel home at night to talk about Nietzsche and Freud. I'm telling you. Wow, you don't you don't bring a Mabel to a Lexi fight? To me. No, you do not. 
All Continue, right. Brandy. So at about 7.45 at night. <laughs> See how precise I am? Yeah, well, he's on Timmy time. <laughs> you know what? I'm just trying to think of He said a mean dick. I know, I know. <laughs> I, I've had to move past it. A right? big angry laughing. dick. You better stop. <laughs> well, I'm just saying if your name is Mabel, you've <laughs> got to be, you have to have some other talents because know, that's one of those mean, ugly names. You said mean dick. It just made me think of... Like a dick with a grievance. <laughs> like, son of a bitch, you gonna stick me in that damn Mabel again? Jesus. Wow. Well, um, All right. An angry dick. A mean dick. I mean, you know, you have to do a lot of foreplay. With Look at her. She's ugly. I don't want to go in there. Oh my God. Well, I'm just saying that it would be advantageous. No, you don't need to say anything Because else. I don't think he was there. I don't think she was there to talk about Freud and Frederick Nietzsche. Well, clearly she was. Unless she was talking like this. <laughs> Maybe they were discussing penis envy or something. Wow. Okay. Maybe he had book rested on the back of her head. Oh, my God. Maybe it was Niche, or whatever the fuck you said. It's Niche. That's All right. stupid. And angry dicks. So anyway. It's what like, happened? Like what happened, Brandon? So this guy, this guy ends his dates on Timmy time at 7.45. We should have created an app, a game called Angry Dicks. Angry dicks. Yeah. yeah. Well, we got, you know, we got the angry vaginas on our page. Oh, God, do we? <laughs> we got we got the vagina. I'm just wondering. Here. You're the one who wanted to start this early so that we could get out of here. I'm just trying to add to add to the conversation. That's all. Yeah, you are. All right. So he walks her to her car, leaves Mabel. <laughs> yeah. Let's set okay. the stage. Let me let me It's okay. 45 wait, wait, degrees, yeah, Los okay. Angeles. Let me no, doesn't February first, doesn't say that. 1922, yeah. 7.45 p.m. Thanks for the recap. Thank you. Jesus Christ. So he walks her to a car, Ugly leaves the baby. door to his house. <laughs> He's thinking, man, I can't wait to get this bitch out of here. Because oh, Eloise is coming next. <laughs> <laughs> Eloise is due here about 8.15. Eloise? And this my then going to be mad. <laughs> and tomorrow night we got Gertrude. What about you, Gina? Are you going to let me tell you? Or, oh, okay, well, I'm just, well, I'm trying to tell you. So, anyway, he walks her, bottom line is, he walks her out to the car and leaves either the door open or he leaves the door unlocked to his house. Well, that's not very wise. On Alvarado Street. Now, if he would have, if he would have had Rudy, he could have done that. But without Rudy in the house, you don't want to do that shit. So, as her chauffeur drove off, they blew kisses to one another. You don't want to really kiss that bitch. So, with the exception of the murderer, Mabel was the last person to see William Desmond Taylor alive. Oh, okay. Uh, Taylor went back into his house, and at about 8 o'clock, neighbors said they heard a car backfire. Uh, The neighbor, Faith McLean, uh, went to the window and saw that she, what she first believed to be a man in a long coat wearing a muffler or with his collar turned up and a plaid cap over his face. Oh, very stylish, whoever it was. Oh, well, clearly. Well, the muffler would have made it easier for him to sneak up. You're talking about the muffler you put your hands in, right? Yeah. All right. Well, not the muffler under your car. No. Okay. Yeah, he was wearing the muffler that you have under the car. <laughs> That's what was happening. So... <clears throat> He took a look at her and then went back inside like he'd forgotten something. Well, you know, kind of shrugged. Yeah. Turn a page. Well, and later she said that he had an effeminate walk and was funny looking. He was sashaying. So he, this clown sashayed back into the house is what happened. <laughs> now remember, this is going to come up later. Remember the effeminate walk. I always This do. is key to this whole thing. <laughs> can, how always, could you forget? I cannot. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Good effeminate walk. More than a decade later, during grand jury testimony, when pressed by the sheriff and asked if she could be certain that it was a man that she saw, she answered that she could not. Okay, so she's 
another Some neighbor, doubt. <clears throat> and thank you, another neighbor named Hazel Gillen stated that she <laughs> just saw a dark figure after hearing the car backfire. It was all quiet on Alvarado Street until 7.30 in the morning the next day when Taylor's houseman... He had a houseman? He did, and his name was Henry Peavy. <laughs> Hank. So hold on, so far in his this... friends called him Hank. Hank Peavy. <laughs> so far in this, what we have is a... Uh, is a Hazel? A Mabel. And Eloise. A, Eloise. Ethel. <laughs> Ethel. Two Ethels. Two Ethels, yeah. And a, and a Percy. And a Pervy. Peavy. <laughs> Pervy. Peavy. Peavy. All right. All right. So Peavy. Uh huh. The houseman. Yeah. He finds he finds Taylor laying dead on the living room floor. So he screams and runs out into the courtyard. <laughs> well, I mean, that was probably a shocking sight. Well, uh, runs into the courtyard. Do you think he was doing jazz hands? I think he does. I think he was. That's what I have in my mind. Yeah, and chaos ensued as it was the studio that was called first and not the police. Ah, so, so studio is looking out for their interests. Yeah, so these dumb shits thought might be natural causes until they actually looked at the body <laughs> and noticed that he was laying in a pool of blood, shot once in the back. Oh, so Quincy showed up, right? So well, that would rule like, out nat- that would rule out natural causes. It you seems to me. Yeah. Uh, so you know he called the he called the um, studios first. So representatives of Paramount showed up and came and seized all of the letters that they could find, except Jesus for, Christ. Well, what, what's... His, Taylor had, had had hidden some in his writing boot. Oh, uh, and they took out all. The, That's where I keep all my letters. Well, sure, and they took all that. They took away all the bootleg liquor. Hmm. Because uh, this was during Prohibition. Right. They took the bootleg liquor? They took the bootleg liquor. In the boot. They Did he keep the... his bootleg li- liquor in the boot? <laughs> they, no, they, that's where he kept that's his letters. They took oh. the boot letters and the boot liquor. Okay. So they tell poor little Peavy, who I'm sure now is just in hysterics and had to be slapped. <laughs> He's got the vapors. He's yeah. clutching his he pearls. He clutched the pearls, yeah, yeah a whole bit. Poor, so they, poor Henry. So they tell him, you're going to have to clean all this mess up real quick. So they make Henry clean it up? So he's got to clean up the blood in the apartment. He's got to find the body, and then he's got to mop up the blood? He does. Well, you don't expect these fuckers to do it. So the industry, you know, the industry's in peril. They have I'd be these... looking for a new job. Well, he clearly he has to now. Yeah, I guess Billy's, Billy's dead. So he's like the Cato Caitlin of this. <laughs> it seems like it, yeah. Being that guy's man, sir, it just became a very easy job. <laughs> I think you're right. So, you know, the motion picture industry, well, it was still very young, and they were having all kinds of problems with, um, with scandals. Scandal. Right. So, you know, for the, this was all during the time that they had the rape and murder trial of Fatty Arbuckle. Which we did, quit, a, we, did a mm-hmm. yeah. we did a podcast. Yeah. Uh, there were also the drugs, drug addictions of Wallace Reed and Jack Pickford. That's Mary's brother, Jack Pickford. Yeah. Mary, Mary, Mary Pickford. She was a very famous uh, yeah. actress. When you were a kid, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I had her poster on my but I, I was talking about Mary Pickford. Yeah, got a poster in her uh, bikini me, with no bra. To me, it's a fair faucet. Uh, also, well, here's the thing. And there was the mysterious. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today death of uh, Pickford's wife 
Jack Pickford's wife, I mean, Olive. Scandalous. Olive. Just scandalous. Olive? Yes. Olive. So Olive a, wasn't very hot. This is like a whole shrew of ugly women names. Yeah. Slew. The word slew. is slew. Slew. I, I know. I was looking at you and shrew came He to was mind. slurring his slew. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So women's clubs and religious groups were all up in arms about the film well, industry. As they should be. And they were yeah. threatening to boycott films. There was a den of Gomorrah in there. Mm-hmm. The studios could not afford another Hollywood scandal. So by the time the cops decided to roll up on their horses or what the fuck ever took them so long, the crime scene was compromised. Uh, in Taylor's pockets... Yeah, they done, somebody dug a damn the bullet out with a pen knife. And they mopped right. up the mopped scene. Mopped up the blood, yeah. Uh, in Taylor's pockets, uh, investigators found a wallet with $78 in cash, a silver cigarette case, nice. a Watham pin, pin watch, a pen knife, or I'm sorry, a pocket watch, a pen knife, and a locket bearing a photograph of actress Mabel Norman. There was also a, also a two-carat diamond ring on his finger. Mm-hmm. So clearly, styling. Robbery was not the money. He was a baller. He's much like mine. You yeah. got this very sophisticated, yeah. like you, like yourself, girl. Continue, Brandy. That's stainless steel. Yeah, it's nice. Not a diamond, though, is it? Well, if you're gonna get all judgy. There's no diamonds on it. Oh, he's like, a man of means. That's not yeah. a judgment call. I could have a diamond ring yeah. if I wanted one. That's not a judgment call. It's a fucking fact. There's no diamond <laughs> on your hand. I'm just saying. I'm no, stylish. I'm just staying. Just quit. All right. So, he's got this big harkin ring on his finger. Uh, robbery is not the motive. However, a large but undetermined sum of cash that Taylor had shown his accountant the day before was missing and apparently mm. never accounted for. After some investigation, the time of Taylor's death was set at 7.50 on the evening of the 1st of February, 1922. While being interviewed by the police five days after the director body's, director's body was found, Mary Miles Mentor mm. said, that the, said that following the murder, a friend, director and actor Marshall Nealon, told her Taylor had made several highly delusional statements about some of his social acquaintances. Uh, I'm calling bullshit on that. Including her yeah. during the weeks before his death. She She's trying al- to cover her tracks. She also said Nealon thought Taylor had recently become insane. Yeah. So did anybody find Neilan to ask them? Did you fucking say this? Because I'm guessing that he's either dead or he didn't say it. Right. I'm with you there. Okay. So reporters descended on the property, um, and officials investigating the scene were very sensitive to the damage it could do to Los Angeles's leading industry. In the midst of this media circus, the Los Angeles undersheriff, whatever. Eugene. That's not a sheriff, by the way. Yeah, he's under the sheriff. It's yeah. deputy. Yeah, sometimes the wife is under the sheriff. <laughs> it's the, she's the under sheriff. Yeah. Well, his name is Eugene Biscayle. Eugene. So we got ugly women and ugly men. You knew he wore glasses. Those, <laughs> oh, they were all thick those thick black ones. Yeah. He had some tape around the edges yeah. of them. <laughs> um, but this guy warned the Chicago Tribune reporter Eddie Doherty. The industry's been hurt. Stars have been ruined. Stockholders have lost millions of dollars. A lot of people are out of jobs and incensed enough to take a shot at you. More than a dozen individuals were eventually named as suspects by both press and the police. Because why not try it out there in the public forum? Yeah, throw it out there. Uh, Newspaper reports at the time were both overwhelmingly sensationalized and speculative, even fabricated, and the murder was used as the basis for much subsequent true crime fiction. Many inaccuracies were carried forward by, well, I think it's letter writers or later writers, I don't know. Literati. Later writers. The Illuminati. Later. Oh, okay. The Illuminati. Illumin- okay. Who used articles from the popular press as their sources. Overall, most accounts have consistently focused on seven people as suspects and witnesses. No one was ever charged with the murder of William Desmond Taylor, and officially it remains an open case. Although a combination of poor crime scene management and apparent corruption, much physical... Oh, through it, combination of... All right, so the physical, physical evidence was lost. So it's kind of like if you can't, got me and Timmy to come and investigate it. Yeah. You have corruption <laughs> and you cops. have... Right. <laughs> corruption and incompetence yes. all over. Well, let's talk about the suspects. And impotence. <laughs> and bloody stool. Well, once you got Mabel there, of course bloody you got stool. impotence. And people pointing guns in your faces, you ain't going to have no... Colonel is well, the face of bloody stool. He is. 
Uh, let's talk about the suspects. So they laid Mabel as a suspect since she was the last one to have seen him. That's a likely suspect. They didn't really think that she did it, but she thought maybe she indirectly caused his death because they'd been dating and she um, she was a drug addict. She had a problem with cocaine and opium. And little Billy was trying to get her to kick her habit. Uh, he uh, Taylor had arranged a stay for Norman at the Betty Ford Clinic, which must have been one of the first cases. I don't uh, think it was Betty, Betty Ford Clinic back you, then. Don't you worry about it. It's Betty saying. Ford. Uh, the celebrated Betty actor. Ford wasn't even born back then. Don't you worry about it. It was Betty Ford. It was the Henry Ford. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, so intent was Taylor on keeping drugs away from the studios and actors, including Norman, that he headed a commission against drugs of which he was chairman of the board. So he was the drug czar. Well, he sounds like it, a little goody, too. She yeah, yeah, so so that. that whole theory is the drug dealers killed him. I don't him. know. We're getting there. Yeah. So the drug dealers killed him uh, in response to him trying to clean up Hollywood. Well, I haven't had lunch, so if you could get that quickly, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Well, if we'd have done this right the first time, we would <laughs> have you this play. issue. <laughs> you um, don't so air anyway, our dirty laundry, so devil. So she... <laughs> So she was spending like $2,000 a month on drugs. Um, he was bound and determined he was going to squish the drug dealers. So, and, and he made a lot of enemies that way. Uh, when she, Before she died of tuberculosis in nineteen thirty, The consumption? The yeah. consumption. She had the consumption. Well, you know, if you're doing crack and you're doing heroin, it, it lowers your... Crack. Well, she's crack doing, is whack. she did cocaine. She did uh, uh, opiates. So she I crack. bet she was freebasing. Yeah, probably. Well, one of her last, one of the last statements that she made before she died was, "I wonder who killed poor Bill Taylor." So hmm. they were actually in love. They wrote letters back and forth to each other, and yeah. So she, she's probably not the guilty party, but maybe, oh. maybe her dealers well, were. Maybe her dealers. But let's talk about Mary Miles Mentor. All right. Yeah. This is a more this now. This woman is a more likely a more likely suspect. She's a loon. Mm-hmm. So this golden-haired actress had astonishingly beautiful blue eyes, and she adored Billy Taylor. She had the hot. She story. was twenty years. Yes. <laughs> she Hold was. On, I, I gotta look her up. She All was right. twenty years old at the time of the murder. Um, she'd written him letters professing her undying love for him. Some of them were made public after the murder. Um, but they were written in kind of a schoolgirl crush. They What's weren't. Her there name? wasn't anything. How old was she? Twenty. She was twenty. Mary Miles Mentor. Mary Miles Mentor. Um, okay. Decades later, she would refer to Taylor as my mate, uh, and claim that they were engaged, which really wasn't true. Um, Mailer had Mentor had visited Taylor on more than one occasion, slipping out of the house at night mm, after poor. her mother Charlotte Shelby. Grandmother Julia and Sister Margaret were asleep. Oh, she, she rates pretty high on the. She's got she. She's attractive. She threw, on, on the bangability factor, she right. she's right she up there. She threw herself at Taylor while he reportedly tried to get her, or tried to let her down gently, explaining that he was old enough to be her father. Oh well, he was being responsible. The day before mm-hmm. his murder, Taylor complained to a friend that Mentor did not take the breakup well and was very angry. Oh. Mentor to, Mentor told investigators she'd not seen Taylor for a long time. And the last time she, she'd seen him in Los Angeles, they'd passed cars and, like, waved at each other. But that was a lie. Now I'm Maury Povich. That statement was a lie. Okay. Uh, investigators un- investigators were able to prove that she had been in his apartment a bunch of times, mm. but unable to prove for sure that she'd actually been there the night of the murder. Three long blonde hairs were found on Taylor's jacket, excuse me, and were determined by the police to be those of uh, Mary by matching them with hairs left on her brush at the studio. Oh, clever. Quincy really did show up. Clever detective work there. I'm sure they were, their uh, forensic was very advanced in 1922. Oh, yeah, 1922. Did they even have microscopes back then? That's a hair, and that's a hair. (laughs) Investigators have theorized that Mary visited Taylor the night of the murder. She threw herself at him again, this time threatening to shoot him or herself. He embraced her to calm her down, and the gun accidentally went off. Oh. Uh, in, in his, his back? back? The powder burns. <laughs> <laughs> I think they want to rework that theory. Yeah, I, think the I was giving him a hug and the gun. Yeah. That okay. don't work. So Unless she was, she <laughs> had a strap on. <laughs> yeah. If she was behind him giving mm-hmm. him a reach around, yeah. well, the gun could have accidentally gone off. 
possible, Brandy. You got to admit this. That's now, possible. Devil, if you're ever in a position of holding a this? gun against somebody's face. Do you see face. this? Right here. This is unamused. Yeah. She's trying to get through her script. Let her go. Okay. Yeah. Let's just go. Come on, Devil. We got time. I got to eat lunch. There was an incident back in 1920 where old Mary had a tantrum in her room and got her mother's gun and shots were fired after she locked herself in the room. Oh, this is a good one. When they finally got into her room, they broke into her room, she jumped up and laughed. Ta-da! Yeah. <laughs> tricked you. So she's a little drama queen. Oh, so she's a keeper. Keeper, keeper, You keeper. know what would have been better if she would have taken it? You see, to make that really work, you got to take the cat and blow the cat brains against the wall and whatnot. And then you got to sit against the wall below it. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm just saying, if you're really going to Do you ever want to have lunch again? If you're really Continue committed Brandon. to this, that's all I'm saying. In the rafters of the home where the Shelby family lived at the time of the fake suicide incident was a an un, unfired, soft-nosed lead bullet, which was the same type and weight as the fatal bullet, which was extracted from Taylor's body. Ah, uh, so that's suspicious. Oh, it I, is. It's suspect big time. I don't okay. know. Okay. Mm. What happened? Well, who we got else? some other. Here's who I think did it. All right. Continue, Colonel. Charlotte Shelby. Charlotte Shelby. Now, Charlotte, Charlotte was Mary Minter's mother. Okay. And she was this crazy-ass stage mother. Right. And she also had access to this same gun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, she wanted to be an actor, an actress at one time, but she was not all that attractive and you know so she just did not living through her daughter yeah so the theory is that she dressed as a man slipped into Taylor's bungalow and found Mary there and shot Taylor mm. um, Chris Kardashian that's who she yeah. is and, and the compelling bit of evidence against her is she owned this rare 38 caliber pistol with the unusual bullets similar to the kind that killed her mm. and she's in protecting her interests which is their daughter and a year later she went down to Louisiana and threw the pistol in the Louisiana Bayou, Jimmy. Man. Now, when Mentor was a pregnant, was a daughter, her daughter, Mentor was pregnant. She was a teenager. Mm-hmm. As a teenager, she got pregnant. Is what I meant to say. Uh-huh. By director James Kirkwood, and reportedly, uh, Shelby, her mother, paid for an abortion. And she threatened Kirkwood with this thirty-eight revolver. I mean, she was like Annie Oakley. Just yeah, so she's, she has a temper. She walks in one day and there's an actor. Now, this is a cool name to me. Mm. Monty Blue. Monty Blue. You know he's a ladies' man. <laughs> he's probably they a came, star. She came in and found her daughter and him in a passionate embrace. And she pulled that revolver out and shoved it right in his face and said, I'll blow your goddamn okay. brains out. So she's a little unhinged, so she she sounds like she's a, a pretty viable suspect. Yeah, and to quote another one, she is said to later have burst into Taylor's office and quote, if I ever catch you hanging around with Mary again, I'll blow your goddamn brains out. Mm. So... Yeah, suspicious. Anyone that had an interest in Mary, she was not, she would chase off. Okay. Now, strangely, she wasn't even questioned until 1937 when her there was a lawsuit between her other daughter, Margaret, um, who testified, I protected mom against the Taylor murder case. Mm. Now, this spurred a grand jury to look into this, and Shelby insisted that the grand jury clear her name. Mm-hmm. She insisted that the grand jury convene, look at this, and clear her. And, But her alibi was a guy named Carl Stockdale for that night. Mm-hmm. Later came to light that she had paid Stockdale $200 a month for life, Timmy, mm. to say he was the alibi. Okay, so she's paying off witnesses here. She's paying off witnesses. She paid off the prosecutors. When they looked into, the IRS looked into her in 1931, Timmy. She had $750,000 in um, stocks and negotiable bonds. Mm. Hidden places. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So, you know, she's, so what you got throughout this whole thing, and I think she's the one that did it, is she was paying people off. Paying witnesses off. Paying witnesses she had the gun. She, she had, had erratic uh, history of erratic behavior and threatening uh, she people around her. She was threatening some bitch in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Now you got another guy that's a wild card in here, Timmy. Okay, who's that? That's Edward Sands. Okay. Now Edward Sands had a uh, he hired this sociopath Edward Sands, also known as Edward Snyder, as his houseman. 
Another houseman? Mm-hmm. Now, Sands pretended to be a British, a Cockney, but he was from Ohio. <laughs> and Now, what kind of sociopath takes up a fake accent and pretends you're from somewhere else when you're from Ohio, Jimmy? <laughs> I don't know anyone who, yeah. who would give a fake accent and pretend he's from somewhere else but from Ohio. Do yeah. you, Brandy? I don't know. No, I don't know who would do that. Would not trust that man as far as I could throw him. Oh, no, you don't do that, yeah. So, anyway... You couldn't do Google searches back on people then, you know? Right. It ain't like now. Right. So he just hires the guy. Now, this kind of, this Sands guy, he was charged with fraud and embezzlement in 1915. He got dishonorably discharged after one year of hard labor in 1916 in the Navy. Then he enlisted in the Naval Reserve and stole an automobile and crashed it. Okay, they must not keep very good, they must not keep very good records. Well... I'll tell you why, Timmy. Why? In 1919, he enlisted in the Navy again and was assigned to the finance office. <laughs> so he Can't get enough of him, can he? He forged a check to himself for $481.53 and then forged his own honorable discharge there papers. You go. There you go. Now, the first year of his employment went really smoothly. It's, it, he said that he offered to uh, be the guy's slave for life. William uh, Taylor, he's saying I'll be your so slave. So he right? liked he liked William. Uh, I think there was somebody maybe a little kinky there, but anyway, nineteen twenty one, yeah, nineteen twenty one comes along a year and a half later. Taylor takes a trip to Europe. Sands forges five thousand dollars in checks. Oh, he's Cato Caitlin. Uh huh. And stole and wrecked Taylor's car. Damn. He also stole jewelry, and this is where you got to draw the line. His Russian gold tip cigarettes. Oh, and no go, there's no going back after that, after you steal those. No, so um, a few months later, Taylor came home and found the distinctive cigarettes crushed and smoked on the porch indicated that Sands had come back to the bungalow. That uh, probably pissed him off. Yeah, oh yeah. Sands, you know, he's... So anyway, there, and, and in a 19... 22 article, Julia Crawford Ivers, who was a good friend of Taylor, said, there was never a more devoted man serving another man than this Sands during the first year and a half, that being the key part, mm -hmm. of his service to Mr. Taylor. Mr. Taylor trusted him with everything. After several thefts, Taylor finally fired Sands, who vowed revenge. Okay. As he and, and he did it in that Cockney accent too. <laughs> okay, I'll be back to get you. So he had this guy pissed at him too. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, there was all kinds of weird things. And the night before his murder, he showed up with his tax records, or he showed up with his uh, to his tax preparer, Marjorie Berger, mm -hmm. with five thousand dollars in cash. Okay, the night before his death, after he was shot and killed, that was never found. All right. So Sands, it's a possibility that Sands got pissed off, comes back and gets him. Mm -hmm. Okay, this guy had a lot of people wanted him dead. It sounds yeah. like. yeah, yeah. He's like so. Anyway, he's like the colonel, really. Mm -hmm. A lot of people after me. Then. Yeah, they're jealous, haters. Um, but it would seem that Sams would be the prime suspect. Yeah, it would this, sound right? like it. Yeah, with the exception of the fact that he signed in for work at a lumberyard in Oakland, California, on the day of the murder. No, oh, well, that's a long ways from Los Angeles, so. He probably, that probably rules him out. Yeah, and they also use Sands because he was found dead from suicide in Connecticut and District Attorney Woolwine, who was very corrupt throughout this whole mm -hmm. thing. And Woolwine, you got to understand, Woolwine did not want to charge a woman with this crime because he thought, I charge a woman, it's a death penalty offense, the jury, no jury will convict a woman of a death penalty offense. And he, he's a political and figure. it's going to fuck me up politically, right. so... Uh, he just kept letting it go. And he, he, he liked the idea that Sands did this. Mm -hmm. So when he found out that Sands was dead, he didn't tell anybody at all. So Woolwine continued to hunt for this guy he knew was dead. Okay. All right? Just now so he here, didn't have to deal with the case politically. Yeah. Okay. Here's the strangest one of all, Timmy. Okay. What, the last suspect. Yeah. Margaret Gibson, her name's Pat Lewis, and a guy named Ray Long, he's... Living in Los Angeles in the early 60s, all right? All right, this is 40 years later. Yeah. He had been the neighbor of a reclusive old little old woman and did not leave the, who didn't leave the house much and had her groceries delivered. This woman, he knew her as Pat Lewis, was a widow and a friend of his mother's. 
Now, one day in 1964, the woman who, this woman had been a Roman Catholic, she was having a heart attack and asked for a priest to confess. Mm -hmm. I'd ask for a goddamn ambulance, but she asked for a priest. Okay. Or one of those, I'd like, you know, could I have the shocky things? Yeah, well, I think she knew that the the end was near. The end was nigh, Timmy. The Mm -hmm. end was nigh. No priest being available, she began to make a deathbed confession anyway, saying that she had once been a silent film actress and she had shot and killed a man named William Desmond Taylor. Hmm. Now, Long didn't know who the hell this even was. Now, Long's mother revealed that one evening she and Pat Lewis, mm-hmm. air quotes, were watching Ralph's Story, which is apparently a, a TV, show. TV show on Los Angeles. And when a piece on the Taylor murder aired, the Lewis woman became hysterical. So, Margaret Gibson... Here's where it gets interesting. Margaret Gibson. It's about time. It's <laughs> hour and forty-five minutes into this thing. The exquisitely beautiful actress uh-huh. and Pat Lewis were one in the same, Timmy. Oh, so she mm. had worked with. Uh, she had. She was an actress, and she, she was had... a silent film actress. Um, she'd been arrested for vagrancy connected with some opium dealing. Mm-hmm. She was um, in the, the drugs too, huh? In what was called a disorderly house. Yeah, kind of like Brandy's. Yeah, a house yeah. of prostitution. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she, was, she was acquitted, and after this she changed the name to Patricia Palmer. Okay, becoming sort of a recluse. Yeah. Okay. No, 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 she kept going on to okay. be uh, an actress. Okay. So she later... Um, changed her name back to Pat. Okay. Um, so anyway, Pat Lewis. Okay. Pat, she be, she was Margaret Gibson. Then she became um, Margaret Palmer. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Margaret Gibson. I'm sorry, Timmy. Now she was arrested again on felony charges involving blackmail and extortion and a whole ring. So she had some skeletons dropped. in her closet. Yeah. And now, and they did have a connection because they worked together. Her um, and William Desmond Taylor. Yeah, that she worked together in silent movies, and she worked at Paramount in 1921. So she would have had to have seen him on the lot. So it's possible. Was Gibson somehow involved with a group of people in blackmailing Taylor to me? Blackmailing, or maybe it was drugs. Given her arrest concerning blackmail and drugs, could this be a possibility? Could it be to me? That a drug ring, a drug nay, Timmy, mm-hmm. a cartel, a drug cartel. Had she gotten on, had Mr. Taylor gotten on that last nerve mm-hmm. and came in and just put it into the man? Well, she confessed to it. Now, during his lifetime, he was described as an individual who enjoyed his solitude, Mr. Taylor. He enjoyed his women, too. The and his tank. ladies, yeah, he had maybe some ugly ones named Mabel, but, you know. And much like the colonel, his intelligence, sophistication, and gentlemanly manners made him sought after as a guest at yeah, gatherings. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Now, and he was a three-term president of the Motion Picture Directors Association and tried very hard to keep drugs out of the industry. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Timmy, much like you and I, he was around unsavory, char- unsavory characters, mm-hmm. much like you and I. Yeah, Brandy. He I was, know what he's going for. I mean, he was involved with emotionally unbalanced women. Brandy. <laughs> but for all the notoriety of his death, the gravestone of William Desmond Taylor very, reads very simply. simply William Go fuck yourself. C. <laughs> Dean Dash Tanner. Which is ironic nope, because it's not. I have a Tanner and a Taylor. It He's is a Tanner Taylor an amazing Tanner. story. It is amazing. Brandy, who do you think killed a young William Desmond Taylor? Mama. You think it was Charlotte? I do. Okay. Uh, Colonel, who do you think killed William Desmond Taylor? I think that will be the devil's mother, Trebek. You think it was Charlotte, too? You think it was my mother? I I don't put that I kind of think, I it, think my, it was. I, I think, no, you know who I think it was? Well, who? I think it was it was Chauncey. I think Chauncey. it was no. I think Chauncey it was, the butler or Chauncey the, the chauffeur. I'm thinking it's mm-hmm. uh, Pat, the one who confessed to it. Because I don't know why you would confess to murder if you didn't do no, it. No, because Pat, when Pat, remember I told you about the effeminate walk. Uh huh. 
Okay, by this time, Pat's probably already packing about three inches of penis, Timmy. So she <laughs> ain't going to have true. an effeminate walk. She's going to be walking around like true. she all ballsy. But the one Percy and Chauncey, you know they got effeminate walks. Hey, Brandy, any final thoughts on William Desmond Taylor? Nope. <laughs> That's I'm pretty pretty sure you were pretty confident. I, I definitive, yeah. no. Okay, Colonel, <laughs> shout outs real quickly, please. All right. Well, we're gonna start our shout outs with who we should start with every shout Tash, out. With. Tasha. Tasha. And then we got Jeff Girdley, Sam Hildebrand, Angie Ball, Jennifer and Linda, Missy Dean Horton, Brittany and Chris, Celine Jeff, Jeff Chestnut, Teresa Slavin, Tommy Boom Boom. Tommy Boomer Shine. We got Shonda and Larry in the Trowbridges, Timmy. Yeah, Larry wanted this story, so I hope you enjoyed it, Larry. Colton. Mm-hmm. Phyllis Munson. Hello, hey, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Aaron Wentz and Donna Curran. Brian and Lisa Lawton. Olivia Meyer. Our two little beauties here, Fallon and, well, Olivia's a beauty too. Fallon and Katja. Mm-hmm. Monica Big, Big Monica D. Monica Big D. Hi, Monica. D. Augustino, Sandy September, Bridget Clavy, Byron Snellings, Denny Mack, William Tro, Amber Croup, Gina Spillane, Trixie, Stephanie Quick, Sydney and Michael, Jamie T., Laura O'Reilly, Gabby Lewis, Sunstar, Bond, Jean Bond. That's right. Lydia, Brandy McBride, Maggie Glover, Jeff Appel. Christine Bourgeois. That's right. And a lovely, 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 and very patient because she puts up with me making fun of his name every week, and I ain't going to do it. Katie Moorhead. Hey, Katie. Very funny girl. Very funny mm-hmm. lady. Mary Ray, of course. We got Rebecca Montanle, Mike Eisenhower, Daniel Fredrickson, Andrew uh, Valerio uh, Bishop, um, Mr. V.V. Ali. Yes. We can't forget him. Um, Nancy, of course. Nancy Palomino. Nancy. Kim Kamikaze. Jennifer Hawkins. Tara Nee. Lindsay O'Brien McMillan and Sunayana. Eddie Rushing, your handler. Sammy James. Jason, of course. Jason Dykes. Amy Carol Payne. Tara Jenkins. Annette Petrie, hope you're up on your feet and feeling better there, Annette. Um, Christina Montana. Hey, Christina. Christina, you get three shout-outs, and you know why. Christina, (laughs) Christina, Christina. Um, Maria Barber, Jennifer Potts, Cindy Overstreet Hamilton, and let's see who we got. Melissa Lebrano, Brittany Powell, the two Heathers, Heather Hall, Heather Poole, Maggie Glover, I got her already. Mr. Hopkins, I believe it's Jeff Hopkins. Um, Steve Miller. Steve Miller Band. Boy Gardner. Absolutely. And, of course, we got the Colonel's crew. All right, lay them on me. Angie Ball. Mm-hmm. My two consigliere's, Nicola and Allie. Mm-hmm. Well, really, Allie's my enforcer, Nicola's. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Mimosa. Sweet little Sarah. Um, and, and, and a just a lovely little girl, Tim. I shouldn't say little girl. That sounds... Sounds condescending, mm-hmm. but when the girl's young enough to be my daughter's, mm-hmm. so Jim Burdick, yeah, just a lovely, very lovely nice young, young lady. lady. Um, then we got Karen Barnes, who I made a mistake to me on her, and I said it was her anniversary. It was the anniversary of her husband's stroke. Oh, okay. He is doing much better. He's recovering. Oh, we're, we're glad to hear that. Karen is working herself silly, trying to get him, work, getting him back on his feet, and taking care of the kids and. Doing whatnot, but they have been together for 18 years. Wow! I said it was their first anniversary. That's a long so time. They've been married for 13, been together for 18. Awesome! Um, That's great. So you know, she's they had a little rough patch, I guess, a year ago with his his health. But well, we're glad he's doing better. As Karen said, for better or for worse, and she is doing everything she can to get him back on his feet. Janet Fitzgerald, Francis Darton. Of course, the two lovely Irish lasses, Timmy. Um, our Chicago crazy friend, Jessica Williams, who is dead inside. Um, it's not true. <laughs> no, she posted I know, that. I know, I know, I know. She's, she's very funny. Jessica yes, she is. is very, lovely very lady. funny. She's a beautiful woman. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Amanda Bocce Ball. Sure. And Steve Miller. Did I say Steve? Yeah, you got him before. Okay. Mm -hmm. And let's see. We got the girl who does the Lord's work every single day, Timmy. Every single day she's doing the Lord's work. If it ain't for the Church of the Latter-day Colonel, she's doing it for Amnesty International. Who is that, Timmy? That would be the lovely Shannon. Lovely Shannon Rossett. Shannon, we, 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 we appreciate what you do for everybody. Absolutely. And your commitment. Of course, we got Lady Beverly, who's getting back on her feet from her surgery. Yeah, we hope you're doing um, better, Lady Beverly. Absolutely. Um, and then we've got the lovely Dottie Scott, um, yes. who, you know, if you're noticing an improvement in sound, don't thank us. Thank Dottie Scott, because she's the one that picked up the tab on all this equipment here. Yes, thanks, Mom. So, where can people find us, Colonel? People can find us on the Facebook, Timmy. They can find us on the Serious page, the History Dweebs page. They can mm-hmm. find us on the where we all interact with each other and have a have a good laugh now and again on the History Dweebs the podcast page. Yeah, it's a, that's a Facebook group. Uh, so join us, and you can all the folks we mentioned here. We give shout outs to. They're all part of that page, and it's a fun mm-hmm. group. So join us. That's History Dweebs, the podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at History Dweebs 1. If you are checking, listening to us on iTunes, we ask that you subscribe and please leave us a review. If it's a positive review, you're sure to get a shout out next podcast. We appreciate that. That allows people to find us. If you would like to um, contribute to our podcast, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash history dweebs. And thank you very much for listening in today. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll see you next time on... Let me add one thing real quick okay. here, Timmy. Um, for all those who have asked, Rudy is healing up nicely. Okay. Your love offerings came in handy. And Jason Dykes asked me, how could he find the Colonel's uh, evangel- Evangelical uh-huh. Hour? And you got to go to local cable access channel one thousand thirty six. That's not true. Tuesday at thirty. We'll and see Cincinnati, you next time on Tuesday at three a.m. History dweebs. Goodbye, everyone. Good day. Okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.